The Morning Sports Desk, available on demand on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and WadenaRadio.com. It is the Morning Sports Desk for Tuesday, February 20th. My name is CJ Baumgartner, Corey Tackman next to me here, I mean on the screen next to me, not really next to me, although he kind of is if you look at where our, our room setup is, if you can kind of look in the background if you want to do that. Uh, hey, here. Corey, uh, off, off from your here, damn there, vacation. Yeah, there, 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 we, there we go. We're right there. <laughs> <laughs> the things you can only get if you watch this on our YouTube channel, Hubbard Radio. I know. Why wouldn't you guys sit in the same room and just do this together? Well, it's because we don't like looking at each other in person and he smells funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I technically don't have to look at you if I just look right into this webcam. So there you go. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're in uh, playoff season right now. I mean, girls, I mean, we, yep. we know who's going to the state wrestling tournament for teams. We know yep. that the state girls hockey tournament is this weekend. Boys hockey. Yep. Now playoffs are kicking off here and we got a game tonight on KWAD. What is it, Corey? Indeed, we do Section 6A Boys Hockey uh, on KWAD tonight. I'm, I'll just run through this here very quickly. The top seed in Section 6A Boys Hockey is Alexandria area. They'll play the 8 seed Breckenridge. It's a high seed host situation. All of them are 7 o'clock start times. Uh, on that same side of the bracket, is the four seed Morris Benson area. Their nickname, CJ, is? Ah, I don't know. What is it? The, the Storm. Ah, They'll take one. on the five seed Prairie Center area. The three seed is Fergus Falls. They'll take on the six seed Wilmer. And the two seed is Northern Lakes. Their nickname is CJ. Oh, man. A lightning? The uh, lightning. Very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I made many a trips to the to the Breezy Point Ice Arena when I worked my summer job because, believe it or not, there's youth hockey tournaments every single weekend for all time. Uh, so we would drop off many <laughs> shipments of of pop to that ice arena in the middle of July. So, yeah, I, I've been I'm fairly acquainted with uh, with that area. Northern Lakes will host the seven seed Wadena Deer Creek tonight. It is a 645 pregame with a seven o'clock faceoff on 101.7 FM and AM 920 KWAD online at com slash KWAD. All you need to do is click on that stream local sports. You'll see it. Jamie Pettit and Scott Woods will have the call. Uh, this will be their third game they've ever called together. And if you haven't had a chance to hear Jamie and Scott call hockey, uh, tune in to tonight's. It should be a fun one. It's been a, a wild season for that Wadena Deer Creek boys hockey team. It's been a struggle this season um, for lots of different reasons. Most importantly, just numbers. Numbers have been down, but um, you know, getting to talk to uh, both Kyle, uh, who works, you know, is back in our building. I'm talking with Norm a little bit. There's a lot of pride in that Wadena Deer Creek hockey program. And their head coach, Robbie Grendel, was a part of the first ever um, a hockey program. And the, the it was just there's just been a lot of adversity this year in keeping that program alive. And um, and it's been a, a rewarding season, not in terms of of wins and losses as a seven seed, obviously in, in the playoffs, that's probably, that's probably obvious, but man, those kids have worked hard by everything we've heard. And and you've had a chance to talk to coach Grenda all season long. And uh, it, it's had, it's, it's had its ups and downs, probably more downs than ups, but there's something that I, I 
think it sounds like a lot of people in five, 10, 15 years are going to look back on this as, as a, a, a pretty prideful in the best way possible about a, about a hockey program. Yeah. I mean, talking with coach Grendel all year, I mean, they've had their ups and their downs. They've had some big moments. I thought they've had, uh, you know, Gunnar Olson has had some good, uh, a goaltending, uh, games. He's been good. I mean, the problem is, is they just, like we talked about, they don't quite have the numbers. So right. their defense gets, they don't have the lines and they're not as deep as some of these other schools, which means that, you know, you could have a good goalie, but your defense isn't going to be in position to help out all the time, just by nature of they've been skating for, you know, 40 plus minutes and they're gassed yeah. a little bit. And, but the thing that coach Grendel has always said is that those kids have had a great attitude all year long. Everybody kind of knows what the situation is, but everybody kind of just appreciates that they're able to go out there and play hockey every single day. And that's the, been the big takeaway. So there've been some highs, there've been some uh, lows in that in this season, but overall, I think, yeah, like you said, it's a very prideful year for that in the best way possible of being able to say we stuck through it and we got ourselves a season. Now let's live on to the next one and keep trying to, to stack that program up numbers wise to where, you know, it can be. 645 pregame, 7 o'clock faceoff on KW80 tonight. All right. And also on our double header of coverage over on the Superstation K106 105.9 FM, streaming live at WadenaRadio.com and the Superstation K106 app. Park Region Conference Boys Basketball Sabika will host Wadena Deer Creek 715 pregame, a 730 tip-off. And I'll be on the call for that one up in the Sabika gym. Uh the Trojans have rebounded, uh, you know, for bad pun aside, uh, they're 10 and 12 this season and kind of starting to, to build kind of back in that right direction where coach Lilquist wants it to be. They're six and three in section five, a they're six and seven in the park region conference, five and five on their home floor, five and six on the road for Sabika. They've won three out of their last four ball games and you know, they've gotten wins, you know, in the section over Laporte and Bertha Hewitt. They've also gotten conference wins over Bertha Hewitt and Monaga. Uh, if you look at the last time that these two teams played each other, it was at the target center. Wadena Deer Creek got an 80 to 35 victory. So obviously uh, it feels like the Trojans are playing better basketball as of late and hopefully going to try and make that a little bit closer and, and try to avenge that loss. If you can um, overall, they've like, they've just, they're getting better. They're making those steps in the right direction. And overall, I think coach Loquist, I'd assume would be pleased with just how this season has been developing 15 and eight overall for Wadena Deer Creek. They're five and three in section eight, double a 10 and three in the park region conference, four and five on the road, one and zero oh in neutral site games. They're 10 and three on the WDC gym floor for the Wolverines that we talked about it a couple weeks ago, Corey, that schedule for Wadena Deer Creek towards the end of the year is tightening up and it's getting, I mean, it's a tough schedule towards the end of the season. I talked with coach Thunberg about that on our Wolverines weekly podcast. And he said, you know, you kind of have to have that. You have to be able to, to raise your level of play. It might not always show up in that wins and loss column, but you know, you want to be able to try and raise that level of play. They've played, Pelican Rapids, who's one of the top teams in their section. They got a, there was a 79 61 loss there. They played a good West central team. That's in class a, but one of the you know top teams in class a, they lost 73 65. They've gotten some section wins against Crookston. They got a section win against Monaga where they scored 98 points. We talked about that last week. So, you know, it's you're you got the schedule starting to wind down here with all road games in the final two weeks, but it's at Sabika tonight. On Thursday, they go to DGF, and then Friday, uh, 
the 20, I should say Thursday, the 29th, they're at DGF and Friday, March 1st, they're at Parker's Prairie. So two class A games and a section game against DGF. But, you know, uh, for the Wolverines, it's just you kind of got through that rough part of your schedule. Now it's can you pick up a couple more wins and try and end that season on a high note, Corey? Because as we look in the section uh, rankings, as, as uh, the page that I had pulled up is, of course, being a little bit slow. Uh, but in the section 8AA rankings right now where Wadena Deer Creek sits, they're comfortably in that sixth spot with a 75.3 QRF. But. DGF is a couple spots above them with an 81.8 Holly in between at 75.4 East Grand Forks right behind them at 74.9 with Dina Deer Creek does have the head to head tiebreaker, but still there could be a, there's a little bit of movement between that five, six, uh, seven spots in the section. And that's kind of what uh, Wadena Deer Creek is playing for these final three games. Play your best basketball at the end of the season. That's what every coach hopes for. Whether you are looking for, you know, your third win of the year, or you're, or you're looking for almost your twentieth win of the year, whatever it is, kind of anywhere and everywhere in between. It's that time now where you need to, you need to be playing your best basketball. If you haven't, I had one coach say to me the other, it's not about skills anymore. We're at skills wise, we're at where we're going to be and have been there for a while. It's, it's controlling, controlling the things you can control. And um, the teams that do that best on the stretch usually show the most success um, the rest of the way. Pretty straightforward when you get to this time of year. There's not, there is beginning of the year, it's straightforward with these same principles. The beginning and end of the year kind of have the same principles. We just need to control it's that, that middle stretch of the season where you're figuring out what pieces go where. And this time we all got to be, we're all honed in on what needs to, on what needs to happen. So, um, it's also the best time of year. This is the best basketball we'll see all season. I so look forward to every single year um, subsection championship games and section championship games. They're the best games of basketball in the entire state every single year, bar none. They're better and more competitive oftentimes than most of the state tournament games. And, um, you know, barring some 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 championship games, obviously. They're the best everybody's level of competition. You're aware of who the good teams are around the area. You played against them your whole life. You just kind of know what's at stake. I love it. I love it, CJ. We're in it right now. Sabika right now. in as we talk about the section race for them, uh, it's a, it's a, there's a lot of parody this year in section five, a towards the top. You have Nevis who's six and oh in the section 16 and six overall. They're good. No pair, no parody with Nevis, <laughs> no parody with Nevis Browerville Eagle Valley, right? As a step below them. So Nevis has a QRF of 83 Browerville Eagle Valley, 71 in the QRF. They're 14. No parody with Browerville Eagle Valley. It's after that where everything starts to get a little more jumbled. Bertha Hewitt uh, looks like, uh, you know, as long as they can kind of hold on here at the end of the season, looks like they're locked into that three seed in Section 5A West um, with the QRF 55.6. Walker Hackensack Akeley right behind them, although Bertha Hewitt has the tiebreaker over Walker Hackensack Akeley in the head-to-head matchup. Uh, Walker Hackensack Akeley is a 51.4 QRF. Sabika, though, could jump Walker Hackensack Akeley and try and get that home playoff game. They have a QRF of 49 and a half. So, and they are pretty comfortably there. So Sabika is either going to be the four or five seed, I think is pretty much how this can turn out. And for the Trojans, I mean, that's the difference between playing on your home floor and going all the way up to Walker on a Thursday night. Just win, baby. 
Al Davis was wrong about a lot of things. He was right about this part. Just win, baby. <laughs> you know, he, he was wrong about Jamarcus Russell. He was right about the whole uh, just win, baby thing. For uh, Sabika, too, on their season, I mean, it's – they're going to need to, they're going to need to try and find uh I mean they have a game against Hill City they have a game against Malax there's some ways to pick up some QRF they have Wadena Deer Creek tonight they go to Browerville on Thursday and then next Tuesday they go to Hill City and then a week from Friday they're hosting Malax so Sabika trying to catch Walker Hackensack Akeley they're going to need to try and uh, build up that QRF throughout the next uh you know losing to Wadena Deer Creek tonight or I mean winning helps them out a ton losing doesn't necessarily hurt them but then they have three games in class A, two in the section to kind of finish up that season. So there's your Trojan outlook uh, for uh, the rest of the basketball season. It'll be interesting. I kind of intrigued to talk with John tonight and see what he kind of thinks about this stuff shaking out. And same thing with coach Toomberg and everything, because they're going to tell you all the same stuff as coaches. Like we're just trying to win the game we have in front of us. And that's the, the right thing to say. It's the right thing to say to your team, but coaches are definitely thinking, you know, I'd rather play this team than that team. And I'd rather, not have to drive all the way up to Walker on a Thursday night. Yeah. Yeah. You get a chance to host. That's the best. And, and you know, playoff atmospheres are the coolest. So when it's your own, when it's your own fans and it's your own pep band and we, you know, what else can be said about a Sabika pep band that hasn't been said at this point, if that's all happening in your gym, you like your chances. You like your chances. Okay, so moving on to our state sports part. This is fun. I'm I'm getting I love going through the now that the sections are kind of like and a you know, you kind of know where things are now. You kind of know where the battles are between, you know, who can jump who, who's locked into this spot, what does it look like? And that it's it's the little kind of tease that you get before you get into the full section play. As you've mentioned already, it's the best time of year. We're really looking forward to the next couple weeks our sleep schedules aren't but just in terms of adrenaline we're totally looking forward to it uh right. so so let's go to state sports because yesterday the minnesota wild played the best team in the nhl in the vancouver canucks uh the wild are trying to chase that final playoff spot in the west they've been up and down all year it's been a very weird season there's been injuries there's been regression there's been a head coach being fired there's bill Guerin basically building his boys club in minnesota uh there's been a whole ton of stuff going on and yet at the end of the day, the Minnesota Wild, in a franchise that isn't very old, granted, uh, in the terms of the NHL, played what might be, and no pun intended, the wildest game in franchise history. They scored not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, but seven goals in the third period after being down by, it was it was like three to five going into the final period. Everybody was talking about how bad Gustafson had been. They brought in Marc-Andre Fleury in the third period. And the Wild had two players, I believe it was Eck and Brodine maybe, uh, get uh, Eck and Kaprizov got hat tricks in the th uh, in the third period. I mean, it was just a, what, uh, I mean, I was on my phone kind of just watching everybody who was watching the game. Uh, I was watching everybody live tweet their feelings and my goodness, what the heck happened to the X last night or yesterday afternoon. And not only did those guys have three goals, they each had three assists also. I mean, it's just insane. They set a franchise record for goals in a game. Obviously. I mean, 10 is, uh, is, is an insane number. Yeah. They put they, up more it, points than the Vikings did in the last part of the season. They just went ballistic and they have been since the all-star break 
red hot red hot like 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 red flash lava hot um as as good as any team well you know they beat the number one team in the nhl uh, in that bank so it's um that's the that's the exciting part uh, do you want do you want the um do you want me to do you have more to say or do you want to uh uh what's the right word do you want a pessimistic look on this uh, I will say that this is just the pat- the last thing I have to say on this entire wild thing is this is the patented it's mid February it's time for the wild to go on their yearly hot streak where we all get reinvested in them. I don't have to say it then you said the pessimistic thing for me. <laughs> Welcome to hey look the wild are playing red hot hot red hot hockey again can't wait to see how this doesn't pan out once more season. <laughs> <laughs> That's the season we're in apparently it's it's yeah. Sometimes it happens in January. Sometimes it happens in early February. It's happening in late February where they're the best team in hockey for what could be, you know, what is this, the second week in a row now that it's been this way mm-hmm. for another, for another couple weeks, maybe even, maybe even three weeks, the wild are going to be like, look at them go. They find themselves, boy, if they could get another one, they might be the two seed when this is all said and done. And well, whatever. We've seen this script once or twice before. Let's hope that that is not the case because turns out it's more fun when they're playing good hockey. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, I make a joke about it every year, but I mean, that's who the Wild are. They've been the team that they've had the most consecutive playoff appearances, I think, out of any team in the Western Conference or the longest active uh, playoff streak of any team in the Western Conference. I think only the Boston Bruins have made the playoffs more in that in like the last 10 years than the Minnesota wild have They're, I mean, they're a team that will very likely, I expect the wild to skate into that last spot in the postseason. Now, you know, once they get to the first round of the playoffs comes another yearly Minnesota wild thing, but also, I mean, it's just the way that this franchise has been. I'll take them being competitive and getting a playoff spot as much as it's probably better in the long-term interest of the franchise to rebuild and to suck for a few years. I'm a I'm a casual I'm a very casual Wild fan. I don't want to see the team suck. I want to see them be semi competitive in every spring and go. Oh hey, the Wild are having a playoff game. This is kind of fun because I don't know. Like it's it's a lot easier. I mean, it's the same thing with the Vikings. It's very easy to say let's just suck for a little bit. But you know what? If you tell me every single year that this team is on the doorstep of playoff contention, well, I'm in every single season. So it's it's hard to it's hard to balance that. It's way more fun. It's way more fun if your team can kind of be in the thick of things. It right. just is. And one of the, uh, I mean, I understand there's there's a point where I, we're especially talking about it with the Vikings right now of, is it better long-term for you to maybe take a hit right now and suck for a season or two? Yeah, that's that's probably the case. But you know what's also the case? Is any fan who's been calling for that has never really experienced like a sucky Viking season. And those same Vikings fans are going to lose all perspective. If that's the route the team goes, they're going to lose all perspective on that and still piss and moan about why can't this team just be better? Like, what are they doing? What are they doing? Like, what do you, what do you mean? What are they doing out there? You've been asking for them for years to lay an egg and they're finally laying an egg. And then you're still complaining about what's happening on the field. That's not how this is supposed to work. So if that's going to be the case, I'd rather they just be competitive. Right. 
exactly. Uh, because here's the thing with pro sports. There's very little chance your team actually does win, win it all. And what's better? I mean, getting in the dance every year and having a chance or once every 10 years, you have a legitimate chance and you're really, really good. Or is it like, it's a lottery. Would you rather have, you know, a bunch of odds that are not very great, but you have a ton of them, or would you rather Mm -hmm. have odds that are really great, but you only get one crack at it. And that's kind of the, that's the thing to balance with all this. Anyway, uh, that could be its own separate discussion for a separate morning sports desk. Uh, Last thing that we should talk about Corey today is Mike Conley, the man they call bite bite, according to Anthony Edwards is going to be Minnesota Mike for two more seasons. He signed a two year deal, average annual value, roughly in like the 11 and a half million dollar range. There's some salary implications for the Timberwolves that we'll talk about in a second, but in the short term, the Wolves have been in the last 12 months, a different basketball team with Mike Conley as its starting point guard. And to see that continue for the next two years under a relatively team-friendly deal is very good news for the Timberwolves. I don't think it's an accident that the team has taken whatever the next step is with Mike Conley on the floor. Uh-huh. If, thing, if things go exceptionally well over the next couple of years for the Timberwolves, and it seems like that is a possibility for the first time in a really, really long time, that things could go exceptionally well for the Timberwolves. Um, Credit is going to go to Anthony Edwards, and it's going to go to Gobert for what he's doing defensively. It's going to go to Towns for unselfishly handing over the reins to a more talented teammate. Um, And what I hope is that all three of those guys and the entire franchise talks about how important Mike Connolly has been to the the maturity and growth of of what they're trying to do because man is he there's there's just it cannot be overstated what having D'Angelo Russell off the team from an outsider's perspective and having Mike Connolly replacing one left-handed point guard for another how important that's been for this team Right, exactly. And by the way, uh, D'Angelo Russell signed like a two-year, $37 million extension with the Lakers last year. So that's how much that was to get him to stay. And the Wolves got Conley, now Conley's much older, for two years at about 11 and a half per year. That's huge because he definitely took a discount to stay here and be a part of that team. There wasn't, you know, was there a market for him? Probably. Was there a market for him that's in a spot to win like the Timberwolves are? You know, ideally this was... Conley's best shot if he wants to keep winning and being successful. The thing about Mike Conley is D'Angelo Russell, according to reports, was like trying to cause a rift between Gobert and the rest of the team. And wasn't and like he was a guy who was not on board with Rudy Gobert. He was like they were feuding off the scenes. He was a guy that Carl Anthony Towns is his friend. Like they listen, he listens and no and uh, you know, he what D'Angelo Russell has to say to Carl Anthony Towns is worth a lot to Carl Anthony Towns. So to get him out of here. And to bring in Mike Conley, somebody who knows Gobert, somebody who has played well with Gobert, is huge. And I'm going to say this. Mike Conley was on the best Memphis Grizzlies teams that Memphis has ever had in those David Yeager years about 10 years ago. I mean, that was a really good Memphis Grizzlies team that was consistently good and deep, and he was the encore general leading that team. Utah had its best seasons this century. Not since Malone and Stockton were playing for that team did Utah have as good of seasons when Mike Conley was there. And Mike Conley now is on 
one of the best Timberwolves teams, if not the best in history. So it, that guy, you know, the, the, the term he's a winner kind of follows certain players. And I think it needs to follow Mike Conley. That guy, wherever he goes, just instills, like you talked about, just a good culture. He's an adult in the room. And he just does the little things that you need to win. And, you know, we could talk all day about how good Mike Conley is on this team. It just cannot be understated. And you already said it. How good of a team they immediately took that jump from, you know, being weird, talented, but weird to talented and good and winning every single game because Mike Conley has been on this basketball team and it didn't quite manifest itself immediately last year. They were already weird. Carl was hurt. That season already, you know, was what it was going to be, but a full off season with Mike Conley on this basketball team, a full season with Mike Conley on this basketball team. I mean, look, we talked about it uh, last week, but uh, the go bear trade, how it holds up over time. We'll see. Cause it's only year two and year one wasn't great. But out every almost every other move Tim Conley has did, getting Nikhil Alexander Walker, extending Nikhil Alexander Walker, getting a bunch of extra second round picks, dumping D'Angelo Russell, getting uh Morris for a second round pick that he traded for last year, like uh, being really good around the edges has been the calling card so far of Tim Conley as his reign of president of basketball operations, and the cherry on top is Mike Conley. Yeah, as it turns out, um, he's been really good around the edges, but um, in the immediate present, the big, the the Mike Connolly and Rudy Gobert are the difference have been the difference makers. They're right. they're over the top. They're over the top because of of uh, Connolly's presence and Gobert's what Gobert is is helping to do defensively and anchoring a, a pretty good defensive unit. Like, right. um, uh, this is this is such a one eighty from how this Timberwolves team felt a year ago and a good reminder that when things seem weird, sometimes they are weird. And if people are hinting and talking about injuries, but trying to play it off, uh, you have to understand that injuries are, are they're probably more real than you would ever expect them to be. It's their job to say, yeah, I'm hurt, but everybody's hurt. And it's my job to pay me, you know, they're paying me a lot of money to play a game and I should be out there every single, like, that's all true. You got to read between the lines there and understand though, that they're probably actually hurt. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it took a while to gel. It certainly did, but it's working right now. It's working. And the yeah. biggest th- thing too is the the yep. biggest thing too is the fact that uh Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley and even Carl Anthony Towns, you know, being good and being as talented as they are, Anthony Edwards is talented, Jaden McDaniels is talented in different ways. But those guys are still, I mean, you've mentioned this, Corey. We've talked about it. They're young, they're still, they're not in their NBA peaks yet. So they are being forced to grow up quickly and mm-hmm. to have Gobert and Conley and Carl. Who I mean, Carl's never been on a team this good, but Carl's been in the NBA long enough now. But to have those guys basically help him along where it doesn't need to be, you know, it's not John Morant on the Grizzlies where it's like, all right, John, you're expected to carry this franchise, you know, everywhere. It's, you know, having Gobert and Conley and uh, Carl as well. But for the sake of today, talking about Gobert and Conley, that helps Anthony Edwards say like, hey, man, it's not all on you. And that's been crucial for this team as well. Did I, did I tell you, um, now I haven't been, this hasn't been confirmed yet officially, 
by the uh, by the uh, by the person who helped me. Okay, but I um, I won tickets to see the Timberwolves play. Whoa! Oh, but that's just a rumor. I've just been told that by someone who doesn't actually have, who can't like confirm details, and I haven't been notified yet by that person on how I'm going to get those. So as far as I know, I've won tickets to see the Timberwolves. But I might, it, that day might come and go and I will not go see the Timberwolves because I don't know what the details are. I know when the game is, but that's just it. That's it. That's it. I I, I signed up for a raffle. I won the, I won the Timberwolves tickets. And uh, uh, what a good year to win Timberwolves tickets. <laughs> what a what a good year. Uh, I, I All it took for you to win that contest, to get your tickets, all you have to do is give out your social security number and your mother's maiden name and you are set, baby. Maybe those three, um, those three numbers on the back of your credit card. Yes, that too. I mean, that'll help your odds. Yeah, you should totally do that. All you have to do is help out this Nigerian prince. He seems like a great guy. It's you been know? a tough year for Nigeria. Yeah. <laughs> this has been the morning sports desk for Tuesday, the 20th of February. The Morning Sports Desk, available on demand on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and wadinaradio.com.